from Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. This is the WIA National News for week commencing September 18, 2016. I'm Graham, VK4 Bravo Bravo. Hams across Australia, the Battle of Long Tan commemoration. Now four call signs marking the 50th anniversary of the Battle of Long Tan during the Vietnam War have made contacts, even though propagation was not often favourable. That battle, on August 18, 1966, had 108 Anzacs, greatly outnumbered, with heavy losses on both sides, and then eventually winning against the large enemy force. A high degree of interest existed whenever VI-4 BLT-50 in Queensland... VI-6BLT-50 West Australia, VI-1BLT-50 Canberra, and in the last week, VI-8BLT-50 in Darwin were on the air. The DX contacts particularly had lots of questions about the activity, and this also resulted in some 7,000-plus hits on QRZ.com. The WIA arranged these call signs with the ACMA, granting licences 30 days, which ends this weekend. Organisers are now creating a report on the event that's expected to be in the November issue of the WIA Journal Amateur Radio Magazine. In VK4, the Central Highlands Amateur Radio Club's AGM weekend, this is the famous, or is it infamous, and popular Central Highlands Amateur Radio Club's AGM weekend, happens at Lake Maraboon Holiday Village, that's some 25 kilometres southwest of Emerald, from 2pm Friday 23 to 10am Sunday the 25th of September. Some hams and support crews will be staying a bit earlier or later at the lakeside venue, renowned for a great climate, friendly management and buckets of red claw for the catching. Don't forget the venue, it's just down the road from the impressive Fairbairn Dam. Fifty years ago there was no satellite TV across the Pacific, then came Kuby Creek Satellite Tracking Station. Now they're having their 50-year reunion at the old Kuba Creek site north of Toowoomba in VK4. Bill VK4ZD for the Darling Downs Radio Club says the club will be set up in the Kuby Creek site with a camp reenactment of Kuby Creekers over their reunion weekend, October 19 to 23. Kuby Creek Satellite Tracking Station. They use experimental techniques to track, position and stabilise geostationary satellites. With what was then leading-edge technology, liquid helium-cooled maser and parametric amplifiers, they showed the benefit of multiple satellite cloud images for weather forecasting. They also sent and received the first live TV across the Pacific Ocean on 6 GHz. More info is on the Kuby Creek website, and the link is in the text edition. Over 100 people were employed on the Australian end of the project, now they're having their 50-year reunion at the old Kuby Creek site, north of Toowoomba. To help commemorate the 50 years, and perhaps let some of the old-timers talk to their counterparts again in Rossman, Mojave and Tokyo, the Darling Downs Radio Club has obtained the special event call sign Victor India 5-0 Charlie Charlie for the month of October. We will be set up in the Kuby Creek site with a camp reenactment of Kuby Creekers over their reunion weekend from the 19th to the 23rd of October. More information next week. Take a look at our website www.ddrci.org.au or look at our Facebook page for more information. This is Bill, VKE4 Zulu Delta for the Darling Downs Radio Club. The WIA have been telling us this for what seems a very long time, but still we are after a treasurer to oversee the financial affairs of the Institute. 
The voluntary role includes yearly budgets, WIA board teleconference attendance, overseeing the auditing, insurance and ACMA deed of agreement matters. A lot of the requirements will be familiar to members who are also certified practising accountants. Check out the PD on wia.org.au. Broadband internet is more widely available. Devices are being created with Wi-Fi capabilities and inbuilt sensors and smartphone applications are escalating. Now, an Internet of Things network is serving Barangaroo on Sydney's Western Harbour. This free network at 915 megs can support 1,000 devices fitted with data sensors. Meantime, the Wireless Institute of Australia has submitted to the ACMA that it wants a new 33-centimetre band of 918 to 926 MHz, which overlaps similar radio amateur access elsewhere. The new band being sought would be a secondary basis shared with other users of that spectrum. And speaking of spectrum, a gentle reminder, the 60-metre band is not yet available in VK. The ITU at the World Radio Communications Conference in November 2015 approved the allocation of 5351.5 to 5366.5 kilohertz. The situation in Australia and some other countries is that the 60-metre band allocation has existing primary service licensees from other radio services, and they need to be consulted or maybe moved to make way for the amateur service allocation. The WIA is advocating the 15 kilohertz slice at 5.3 MHz for the amateur service here in VK. Until access is authorised by the ACMA, which may take even more time, the band is off limits to radio amateurs in Australia for the time being. However, you can hear this VK1 WIA news on 60 metres, 5.425 from a station signing VKE580. This is part of the VK2 WIA Sunday morning 10am broadcast. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. This is Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, from the WIA Spectrum Strategy Committee with another instalment on the WIA's licence conditions submission to the ACMA. You will recall that last week, I promised to highlight what the Institute is seeking for Foundation licensees. In setting out the proposed priority changes to licence conditions, the WIA Board agreed that the Institute sought the permitted powers for all licence grades reviewed in a sensible, pragmatic approach to enable licensees to pursue their interests commensurate with their established knowledge, as demonstrated in licence assessment and within reasonable bounds of public and personal safety considerations. That said, the submission acknowledged that the WIA is aware of differing views on the issue and notes the disparity in current permitted powers of all three Australian licence grades compared to the similar licence grades in other countries. Proposed changes to foundation licence conditions were set down as priority two in the submission. Six key issues are addressed. These are Use of digital modes, access to more bands, increased power, relaxation of the restriction to commercially made rigs, more permitted bandwidths, and a review of the foundation call sign. Top of the list is permitted use of digital modes. The WIA seeks the inclusion in foundation licence conditions of a range of digitally produced data modes, 
and not limited to the well-known digital voice modes. The WIA also advocates inclusion of digital text transmission modes and image transmission modes. In researching background for the submission, it emerged that entry-level licence conditions in a number of other countries have included digital modes and image transmissions since inception. That's more than 10 years. And no evidence arose that this gave rise to reports of negative issues or serious incidents. The submission points out that entry-level licences in Argentina, Canada, Japan, UK and the USA are cases in point. And now we come to the bans permitted for foundation licensees. When comparing the entry-level licences of other countries, the number and variety of bans permitted for Australian foundation licensees is paltry, just five bans, almost to the point of being mean-spirited. The UK foundation licence, on which the Australian qualification was modelled, provides three times the number of bans permitted to Australian foundation operators. Both Argentina and Japan provide four times the number of bans. The underlying principle is this. Enabling access to more bans provides a wider range of opportunities for foundation licensees to learn and gain experience in communications across the radio frequency spectrum. And now we come to the vexed question of permitted maximum power. The WIA submission notes that the permitted power for entry-level licensees varies widely around the world, from 10 watts in the UK through 50 watts in Europe and South America to 200 watts in some countries. While contacts are certainly achievable using 10 watts, it is noted that for stations in urban areas, foundation operators frequently struggle making contacts battling against the prevailing RF noise levels experienced both locally and overseas. And that's quite apart from band conditions. The submission advocates raising the permitted maximum power to 50 watts and points out that this does not present any particular electromagnetic emission safety issues and the experience in other countries supports that. And now to rigs. The WIA seeks relaxation of the restriction on the use of commercially manufactured transceivers for foundation operators. The objective here is to enable foundation licensees to broaden their range of learning experiences and for their conditions to more closely match those for similar entry-level licensees overseas, in particular the UK. Experimentation with the technology is at the heart of amateur radio and has been since it began over 100 years ago. The WIA submission goes into the main details and notes that no evidence has emerged of compliance issues requiring regulatory action or management with entry-level licensees in other countries. Transmission bandwidths. Why should future foundation operators be stuck with the basic legacy modes? The WIA advocates that permitted bandwidths be reviewed so as to reduce limiting specifications where practicable. This is in keeping with the principle of enabling licensees to explore the use of more transmission modes. So, now we come to the sticky business of foundation call signs. The four-character suffix of the Australian Foundation Licence call sign format is unique in the world for ordinary station call signs. Despite a decade's use, along with widespread promotion and education about the call sign format, recognition of it is low among the worldwide radio amateur community. In addition, a majority of the available range of computer-mediated digital transmission modes cannot accommodate call signs with a four-character suffix. 
If our future foundation licensees are permitted use of digital transmission modes, the current call signs would preclude using them. In addressing future amateur license conditions, the WIA wishes to reiterate the desire to reduce the regulatory burden for both licensees and the ACMA, and to establish amateur licensing so as to accommodate emerging innovation in radio communications technologies and applications. This has been Roger Harrison, VK two zero eight for VK one WIA News. This is VK one WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions www.wia.org.au. With international news, I'm Jason VK two LAW. Asteroid buzzes Earth, then flies by the moon. On September seventh, a newly discovered asteroid about the size of a large grey whale, flew over the south pole of Earth only 25,000 miles away. For scale, that's only a few thousand miles above the orbits of typical geosynchronous satellites. After the Earth flyby, the space rock turned and headed to the general direction of the Moon, executing a wider flyby of 179,000 miles on September 8th. Where will this asteroid go next? Maybe if we had a radar on the Moon. Well, a manned radar on the Moon is in the early stages of consideration to monitor Earth in more detail. China wants to build it by 2020 for scientific research and defence monitoring that could also produce more powerful and clearer images. The South China Morning Post reports that scientists are now studying the feasibility that would have a radar installation needing a lot of power. Wonder if one of those stationed on the Moon will also be a radio amateur. Red EX indeed. Navajo co-talker dies. The world suffered another big loss. Joe Hostein Kelwood, a World War II Navajo co-talker who received the Congressional Silver Medal for his service with the Marine Corps, has died at the age of 95. His death was announced in Phoenix, Arizona by Navajo Nation officials. Responding to the news, Arizona Governor Doug Ducey remarked that more than 400 of the bilingual co-talkers use the Navajo language to keep communication secure from the Japanese following the Pearl Harbor attacks. Kelwood, who served the 1st Marine Division, had trained at Navajo co-talkers school at Camp Elliott in San Diego, California. Simulated emergency communication tests around the world. A trend among groups of radio amateurs involved in emergency communications is the use of disaster scenarios to test equipment and learn lessons from what went right during an exercise and what could be improved. Recently, a number of tests have occurred in the Philippines, North America, Europe and elsewhere. Every year, emergency communications groups engage in Global SET, or a simulated emergency test with each IARU region having been involved since 2006. The global sets have tested the capabilities through message handling and in 2015 a preparedness or call-out exercise was held to measure the immediate, short and medium-term availability by radio amateurs should an emergency occur. When authorities and responding agencies test disaster preparedness, many groups involved benefit greatly from the training provided and by working together. The latest, around October 8, will be a North America-wide exercise with emergency communications administered by the American Radio Relay League, ARRL, and Radio Amateurs Canada, RAC. The aims are to find the strengths and weaknesses of the Amateur Radio Emergency Service, ARIS, and the National Traffic System, NTS, 
and other groups providing emergency communications. Participating radio amateurs will gain experience using standard procedures and a variety of transmission modes under simulated emergency conditions. It will also provide a public demonstration to served agencies such as Red Cross and through the news media of the value to the public that amateur radio brings, particularly in the time of need. Adding some external perspective is the involvement of some stations in Europe who join in through the national traffic system. A number of agencies are working to develop emergency scenarios. Plans may be for a simulated flood, serious fire, severe ice storm, a missing person, a major transportation accident, broken gas line or any other imaginable disaster. Jim Linton, VK3 Papa Charlie, IARU Region 3 Chairman, Disaster Communications Committee says the International Amateur Radio Union will read the outcome of this and other sets as it continues to advocate for the amateur service and the role served by having available volunteers, equipment, spectrum and training. Finally, weird and wonderful. Improving chocolate taste by electricity. Liquid chocolate, when subjected to an electric field, apparently changes shape and adds to its flavour. This means less viscosity and improvement to the taste, with the coca solids in it standing out. The US National Academy of Sciences reports that two patents are now sought for the new electric field technology manufacturing process. For WIA National News in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Operational News on Felix VK4FUQ2016. September 2325 D-Star Digital Amateur Radio QSO Party. September 23-24, World Digital ATV, DATV, QSO Party. October 8th, is the Radio Amateurs Old Timers QSO Party. October 1st, two full weekends, it's the WIA's Oceania DX Contest. Phone October 1 and 2, CW8 and 9 of October. October 15-16, it's the New York QSO Party with locks due October 31. November 26-27, WIA VHF UHF Spring Field Day. 2017. January it's the WA's Ross Hall Memorial VHF Hewitt Contest. Ham Radio on the Ferries, 12th of March. WA's John Wall Memorial Field Day, 18th, 19th March 2017. WA's Harry Angel Memorial 80 metre sprint, Saturday, May the 6th, 200 hours to 11.46 UTC. VK Shires, June 10 and 11. Trans Tasman Low Band Contest, 160 AD 40. Saturday night, July 15, and start time is 0800 hours UTC, and finish time is 1400 hours UTC. 1010 International Summer Contest, August 5 and 6. WIA's Flagship Contest to Remembrance Day Contest, 12th and 13th of August. All Africa DX Contest. The second year of the All Africa DX Contest is this weekend, 17-18 September. It promises to be a fun event. NDX. We read in dxnews.com that Grant VK5GR will be active from Kangaroo Island, IOTA OC139. 10-16 October 2016 as VK5GR-P. 
He will operate on 80 to 10 metres Ridley PSK, MFSK, Feld Hirschgraber, SSB, SSTV. You can cure yourself via the Bureau. DX made easy. Working DX via DX net is a great way to kickstart your DX chasing. Writing in a blog, Paul VK5PAS tells us about the 7.130 DX net. The 7.130 DX net is held every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, commencing at 0930 hours UTC. The net control duties are shared by Roy VK7RAY and Mel VK5MJ. As far as is known, the 7.130 DX net is the only 40 meter Australian DX net. Net control manages two lists. After you check in, you have license to add yourself to the work DX list. Then you will be offered priority to make a DX call from the short list. Net control will make several check in calls during the net. A number of North American stations regularly check into this net, along with stations from the Pacific and often other DX. Many Australian Foundation license holders check into the net and get a great opportunity to work DX with their QRP 5 watts. And talking of nets, one we have to check out is the VK Comedy Net. This 40 minute net on 7.087 is at 20-40 hours UTC every day. No further details, but it was the name that got us. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the Albury-Wodonga region, it can be heard on 147.525 MHz at 10am Sunday and again at 7.30pm Sunday. I'm Frank, VK2BFC. Hi, I'm Brian, VK3GR with Worldwide Special Interest Group News starting at Final Frontier. Pratham's student satellite built by students at the Indian Institute of Technology, Bombay, is expected to launch on the Indian PSLV C-35, currently planned for September 26th. Pratham, a 300x300x300mm satellite with a mass of 10 kilograms, aims to measure total electron count in a 800km altitude sun-synchronous orbit. It's 35 words a minute CW beacon on 145.980 MHz and a 1200 BPS FSK beacon on 437.445 MHz, but that'll be only switched on over France and India. Staying with Final Frontier, the RAD FXSAT Fox 1B launch date has been moved and is now scheduled for March 16, 2017. RAD FXSAT will ride as one of the Alana 16 secondary payloads aboard the NASA JPSS 1 launch on a ULA Delta II rocket. The launch will be at Vandenberg Air Force Base, California, and it's one of only two remaining Delta II planned to be launched. The telemetry can be downloaded, decoded, and displayed with the AMSAT FoxTelem software. Now, AMSAT North America plan a 5 to 10 gigahertz transponder set on a satellite expected to launch into lunar orbit in two years' time, around September 2018. Heimdallah is a three-axis stabilised 6U CubeSat with a max mass of approximately 8 kilograms. It will have a cold gas thruster for inertia dump and a star tracker for navigation. Deployable gimbaled solar panels will produce up to 100 watts of DC and electric propulsion will be used to achieve lunar orbit. Proposing these downlinks of an omnitransponder at 10.451 GHz plus or minus half a meg, a directional transponder around 10.4575 GHz plus or minus 3.5 meg, and an analog transponder 
10.4665 gigahertz, plus or minus 2 megahertz. Now to radio amateur young timers encouraging young people to consider space and communications. Thousands of young people have been inspired by being involved in the Amateur Radio on the International Space Station, or ARIS, program, putting them in touch with astronauts. The Radio Society of Great Britain, RSGB, has produced a nine-minute YouTube video to celebrate the recent school contacts made by British astronaut Tim Peake, GB1SS. The video captures the exhilaration of the launch into space, competition by schools to host the ARIS contacts, and showcases the variety of science, technology, engineering, maths and arts activities that helped pupils to understand more about space and amateur radio. The contacts themselves have often led to young people going on to get a foundation license and consider their future in the STEM generation. The UK's Space Agency's Astronaut Flight Education Program Support Manager, Susan Buckle, will speak at the RSGB convention on October 8. In her presentation will be the 10 UK ARIS school contacts with astronaut Tim Peake. And the Wireless Institute of Australia is to run a symposium in November for those mainly already involved in STEM-like activities to see what's possible and can be achieved back at home. Amateur Radio Direction Finding Good morning. This is Jack, VK3, WIA ARDF coordinator with an update on what's been happening with ARDF amateur radio direction finding. In late August, Ewan VK3OW and XYL Janelle VK3FJTE headed off to Europe for a short holiday before arriving in Albina, Bulgaria to represent the WIA at the 18th World ARDF Championships. This event was held from the 3rd through to the 9th of September 2016 and, including team managers plus team officials, a total of 462 competitors from 39 countries attended. This event was hosted by the BFRA, Bulgarian Federation of Radio Amateurs. As this is a World Championship event, of course competition was very tough in all age groups. Moving on, I am waiting for news regarding the location of the 2017 Region 3 ARDF Championships. Currently, with no hosting society named, it looks like the 2017 Region 3 Championships may be cancelled. For us in VK, our next major international event will be the Region 3 Championships, but we may have to wait until 2018 for the 19th World ARDF Championships to be hosted by the KARL, Korean Amateur Radio League, in South Korea. For a more local international event, WIA may be asked by the Region 3 ARDF Committee to host the 2019 Region 3 Championships. So, if you are interested in representing WIA, you have a few years to practice your skills. Hi, hi. If you want more information regarding ARDF, head over to the Victorian ARDF Group webpage, www.ardf.org.au. That's www.ardf.org.au. Until next time, good hunting. Now, Worldwide Special Interest Groups Rescue Radio, amateur radio supporting the community. A rumour seems to be spreading that community support by Australian amateur radio operators is on the decline. To counter this rumour, I offer a few notes from the report of the Wyson New South Wales AGM on 10th of September. During the year ending 30th of June 2016, Weiss and New South Wales members contributed 816 hours to missing person searches 
Amateur radio operators who are Wyson members continue to provide communication support for searches from New South Wales Volunteer Rescue Association and other agencies involved in large-scale multi-agency operations. Steve Hyman, VK2BOS, also said, In the Wyson New South Wales books for that year, over 5,000 hours was categorised as exercises, the majority of which is providing communication support for community events. All up 9,425 total operational hours from approximately 170 members. If you'd like to give something back to your community, check out the link to your local state WISEN at www.wicen.org.au. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions www.wia.org.au Thanks for joining us for WIA and the National News Service. Quick look at the social scene. September 23 to 25 in VK4. That's the Central Highlands Amateur Radio Club's AGM weekend. September 30 to October 3 also in VK4. The Cardwell Gathering Long Weekend at the Beachcomber Motel. And October 16 in VK3, Barg Hamfest, Ballarat. Now until next we meet, I'm Graham, VK4. Baker Baker, walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.